Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. Now, today, my guest is Lauren Lahave. Lauren is a dear friend of mine and one of the most outstanding coaches I have ever met. Lauren is known as the Get Shit Done Girl because of her resourcefulness. She can take an idea and make it come to life. Lauren channels that commitment and resolve to helping others, and that really shines through. You're going to see that in this episode. And it's earned her the reputation of being the source for women all over the world. One thing I absolutely love about Lauren is that she walks her talk and she fearlessly looks risk in the eye and takes it on unabashedly. Lauren's signature is her ability to do an intervention with someone who is facing a challenge. And the result is lasting change in just a matter of minutes. And she's developed this skill from over 30 years of personal development and having studied with some of the greatest thought leaders in the world. She delivers her message to global audiences of up to tens of thousands, live and virtually. And Lauren has shared the stage with incredible world leaders in self-help and personal development, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Erin Brockovich, Bear Grylls. She is the real deal. And that is why I am super excited to welcome Lauren Love to the show. Welcome, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here with you, Sarah. I still have that cute little bracelet you gave me when I was at your house, however long ago that was, a long time. Yeah, it <laughs> so, was a long time ago. We met years ago. I was just trying to think how many years ago was it that we met? I mean, obviously, I've been doing Robin's events for like nearly 30 years. So I met you way back then, but knew you because you were running the show for so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a journey, right? So your story is amazing. And I'm super excited to have you on because you pretty much are the, the queen of personal development over there in the US, which is where it all happens. Um, you are one of the most phenomenal coaches I've ever met. Um, and you help so many people. How did you get into this, Lauren? Did you always know this is what you wanted to do? No, actually, I did not know. I did not think this is what I was going to do. I'm originally from Asheville, North Carolina, a small town in the in the South. And I went to the University of Georgia because I was a journalism major. And I was actually offered a job in 19, I graduated in college in 1987 and was, I don't even know if you were born then or if most of your, your people listening were born, but I was offered a job to go work at CNN before it was anything political. It was just the news. And I was offered a job to be a news correspondent that I'm probably never going to get to travel the way I, I would dream about traveling. I'm probably just going to be stuck in a newsroom and just going in every morning at like five in the morning and, and doing yeah. the news. So I did what any good college graduate would do. I moved to Vail, Colorado to work on my doctorate of waitressing degree. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, you know what, I'm so grateful that I did because I love people. I love people's stories. I think that's why I wanted to get into journalism 
was if I think about my hero, my hero is Barbara Walters. And I loved how she was always go in there. And no matter what your backstory was, she was curious about it. So I moved to, I moved to, well, what happened, let me back it a little bit, a little back. I am my, would have been October, 2017. I was coming back from a football game with my boyfriend in college. And he sees a book in the mirror, in the window. And back then there were just books. There was no like personal development books and gluten-free cookbooks. There were just books, right? Yeah. And he sees this book in the window and it says unlimited power. And he goes, oh my God, that is so you. And he grabs a book. We go in the, you know, we go in the bookstore and it's a, he picks up, he, he looks at the book and he flips the book over and it's a picture of Tony Robbins in a whole three-piece suit and he's wearing suspenders and he goes one day we're going to go to a tony robbins seminar i'm like you're a freak i don't know what you're uh -huh. talking about. i'm moving to atlanta and i'm going to work for cnn and so i took the book with me i never read the book i moved to colorado i was offered a job i got into sports marketing i moved to san diego and then november 1989 i ended up delivering food to the homeless it was, it was like, hey, you want to go? And I'm like, sure, that sounds great. And I ended up at this big house in Del Mar, California. And everybody had a big house in Del Mar, California. This one just happened to be in the shape of a castle. And I'm walking through the turret of this house. And I see like the guy and the president, the guy in Nelson Mandela. And I see the big book the sh in a, a big shadow box with the book. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's my that's that book my boyfriend bought me in college. And I was 24 at the time. And this big guy comes up behind me. He goes, hey, have you read my book? I'm like, no, but I have it. And, you know, Tony was only 29 at the time. Wow. You know? And so that's how I, you know, ended up at his house. And then, so that's a little bit of the beginning of the story. So, no. Wow. And then you got involved working with Tony, didn't you? You ran his events for a long time. For a very long time. So that at that event, um, like I said, there were about 25 people there and we were, and he's invited me that night to stay for dinner. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So I end up, there's like about 25 people around the table. And this one guy that was my friend who had invited me there, he had a, this, this friend of his, he's like, what is she doing here? I'm like, I don't know. The big guy, you know, invited me to stay. The big and guy. <laughs> he's like, do you know where you are? Like, this is Robin's Research International. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just some guy invited me for dinner. And he had everybody stand, and it was the beginning of Tony's company. Um, and it was those were all of his first employees. And the guy who, um, and Tony asked everybody to stand up and say what they were most grateful for. And I said, you know, I'm just grateful I met a group of people like this. I didn't know that they were out there. And then that guy that was the cute guy from Thanksgiving, um, six months later, I was renting a room from a friend of mine. There's this guy's stuff in my room that I was renting. And it turned out my friend was renting the same room to me that he was renting to the cute guy from Thanksgiving because oh. he was on the road for Tony Robbins. And that is the father of my three children. So wow. you just never know, you know, what'll happen. But yes, I ended up um, going to one of Tony's events. And then they asked me to come into the production department and I was planning the UPW. The first time we went over to the UK, I remember we were first city was Harrogate that we went to and they said, it will never work in the UK. And then we went to Nottingham and then we went to um, Sheffield. Right. And I think Love we it. did the first, I can't remember. I think we did the first UPW in Birmingham or in London. And I, it was awesome. Like that was my first trip actually out of the United States was going wow. to the UK. Yeah. I was there. 
at that point. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's when I got into this. And you're right, nobody was doing this in the UK. Like, you guys are always at least five to probably 10 years ahead of us on any kind of self-help, personal development. I mean, you really are, which is why I trained over there. And I, you know, I, I did all the Robbins courses, which is how I met you. Um, and lots of my friends were in that front row brigade and used to open the doors. And if you've never heard about a Robbins event, a Tony Robbins, there are thousands of people in the room. It's not like a 200 man event. This is thousands and thousands of people. And everyone is outside the doors when they open the doors, the auditorium, literally people are shoving and running and sprinting and hurdling to get to the front row. So some of my you know, dearest friends where I met at those events, and a lot of us are working in this industry because Tony just inspires people, doesn't he? He really does change lives. Well, I think he's, you know, what I love and respect so much about him, he doesn't listen to the noise. You know, I always, I always think about Keith Cunningham saying, get in line and stay in line. And yeah. we, I mean, I was, I remember back then when everybody said, don't go to, don't go to the UK. It's never going to work in the UK right? And people are people. And I think that just going back and remembering that everybody has a dream, everybody has a vision, everybody wants to be inspired. And there, I mean, when I, I still, I swear, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember being in Harrogate and these guys just kind of like moving back and forth, just like a little bit. And by the end of the day, they're like up and people want that sense of like feeling free and feeling alive. And I think that Tony gives people permission to just kind of go, let's do this. And you know, as as you as Tony says, and everybody says, you know, who you surround yourself with is who you become. So choose wisely. And I think that if you want to make your life better, you got to be around people that are out there giving you hope and giving, letting you know that you deserve an extraordinary life, no matter where you're at, no matter what life stage you're at. So, um, I mean, Sheffield. I mean, it was a really hard time back then in Sheffield. I don't, you know, I I mean, I mean, there were people that were coming to that event, and that literally, I don't know if they had anything else, um, but you saw them just leave like with, with hope, like I said. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And to see the events grow so much, like you said, from a couple thousand people to now, I think they're going to be doing an event in July with over there again in Birmingham. And I'm sure there's probably going to be 15,000 people. So yeah, it's contagious, yeah. right? It is, it is. And, and for me, I always think that it took the blinkers off for me like I saw life in a certain way because of the school I went to the education and what I knew around me but from the people like you said that I surrounded myself with that I grew up around you know the careers department at school was you know you become an accountant or a teacher there was nothing like this no coaching no sort of self-help and so he actually really took the the blinkers off for me and said you can have whatever you want you know don't let other people put their limitations on you so that was when I was like well if I can have what I want, then I want my own business and I want a sports car and I want to own my own flat by the time I'm 24. And, and that's what I did. And that was all down to those events for sure. So how did you come from so working in production to now being one of the key speakers at, at the Robbins events? Mm, that's interesting. So it started in production and then back in the early 90s, people would just show up at events if they had been to an event, then they had you know, they just kind of showed up at an event. And the first thing that I did was I was like, we need a family within a family. So I actually created the crew department. Um, and so people would come and they'd love the event. They wanted to keep coming back to the event. So let's keep adding value. Let's have more people come back to the events. And then in 
2001, we were doing an event in Hawaii, I also organized a day called Project Contribution for Tony, where we would send all the participants out to non-for-profits. This was when, um, and we would send them to different islands. So in 2001, we were there September in Hawaii. Um, and I was, and it was interesting because it was going to be the last life mastering in that way anyway, but 9-11 um, happened and we had to bring people in via satellite. And what happened was the speakers were actually better via satellite than they were live. One, because they had a limited amount of time, so they better get their message in, right? Yeah. And uh, Tony, Tony and his wife Sage are like, hang on a second, we've got a resort in Fiji. We've got great speakers. We've got great content. And Tony asked me to move to Fiji. And I moved my family to Fiji. We, we sold everything in the United States. And we moved over to Fiji to teach the new life mastery. It was a week-long cleanse that you did with me. Yeah. And we, um, so we were teaching about 36 week-long programs a year. So it's kind of like Groundhog Day. A group would come in, we'd fall in love with them, then another group would leave, and then we could fall in love with them. So we kept doing that um, for years and years and years. And I we were there for about two and a half years, and I looked at my kids' dads, and I'm like, I need to, I need to go back to the United States. He's like, why? I said, I love this. I'm so grateful for this program. But I also felt like I was hiding out. And I felt I was in my mid 30s. And I was like, I got to I got to go back. And I see a lot of women going, that was great. But who am I? Yeah. And I came back and it was before like women's empowerment seminars or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to start doing these events for women. Everybody's like, what are you doing? And so I started doing these retreats and they were called Lobella, feeling beautiful inside and out. And I and really helping to get women back to their core. So I came back to the United States, started doing more keynote speeches, um, and then started doing these events. But you know, I limited myself too. You know, I listened to a lot of the noise, and I love working with Robbins. I love working with with Tony. So it was an easy place to hide out a little bit, right? It was an easy place. Like I was getting fulfilled, but like you said, like I is I didn't have the courage, honestly to go big. And, and it's taken me a long time to just find, like, get out of my own way. But that's kind of how it happened. So now but I do a lot said, of, I like to MC events. I like to MC events. I like to kind of show the golden thread between events. Um, I love to see people shine on stage, as you know, we we're just talking about that. I love to just introduce people to the world <laughs> like these little hidden gems i'd love to just introduce people to the world so and you certainly have gone big i mean you're massive out there you have a huge following and you are transforming lives yourself now all the time um so how would you describe the work that you do lauren now with clients i think the biggest thing for me is i love personal development and i think it's a great way to wake up but you got to stay awake and most people fall asleep at the wheel of life i've seen it happen way too much so we always say it's what you do after the event is more important than what you do at the event so how do you really take everything that you've learned and put it in i think that it comes down to three things which is the you know the rituals that you do the questions that you ask and the people that you hang your, hang around with that i think it all comes down to that so helping people really establish those three things, I think is the key to success for, for wherever you're at in your life, right? I mean, it's very interesting because my daughter, as I was sharing with you, she's 15, she's gonna be 16 and her awareness 
is so huge. I can't even believe it. And I, and I looked and I was like, okay, Lauren, is, is this really the big three that you would say? Like just by listening to the conversation with her. And I was like, yep, the rituals that she's got. Yep, the questions that she's answering. And yep, the people that she's hanging around, right? And to see the woman that she's becoming because of her awareness about the importance of those three things has been magnificent for me, right? And I looked at my 26-year-old and I'm like, yep, rituals that he's doing, questions that he's asking, people that he's hanging around. I looked at my 22-year-old, yep, same thing, right? Um, and for me, right? So I think that setting those boundaries, we had a speaker, her name is Kaylin, and she started a company called Jiggy Puzzles, and she's amazing. But what I love that she says is that she says, you know, think of the, the power of puzzles, right? How, how do most people start a puzzle? They start with what? They start with, yeah. they, well, they started the, the they, they set the boundaries, right? Yeah. So think about how wonderful that is in life. It's a great life lesson. You've got to set the boundaries of like what you will stand for, what you won't stand for. I mean, I still remember, Sarah, when we were standing at the back of the room in Fiji and both of us had that defining moment of, no, we will not settle for that, right? Whatever that was. So I think that boundaries and setting your boundaries is really important. And my daughter, I don't think anybody's going to, any of her friends are going to be listening to this. She had a girl in her life that, that, that she decided that she's like, mom, we're not going to be, I'm like, well, Asher, she's your friend group. She's been in your friend group for fun. She goes, I don't care, mom. She, I don't feel good when I'm not around her. I don't care if I have to see her every day. And I'm like, wow, that's really, she goes, I'm not being mean, mom. I'm just like, she doesn't make me feel good when I'm around her. And I have that awareness now that I just don't feel great around her. And I'm super proud of her you know, for setting that, setting those boundaries. And I think as we get older, you know, we have to reevaluate and just go, you know, are we around people because they're just convenient or are we really setting like what really makes us happy? So yeah, that's what, I don't know what the question was, but I think that's, you know. <laughs> I love it though. I mean, I absolutely love Jessica too, because we go off all over the place on tangents, but they're so helpful. Every bit of wisdom you share is going to help people listening. So, I mean, boundaries are absolutely key. And I remember that moment in Fiji. I think, you know, I did, I did the Robbins events twice, the whole lot twice. So I did it once when I was in my 20s, when I was early 20s, where it was just like a puppy dog, like running around, trying everything, you know, no real, at that point, trauma or difficulties, just absorbing. And then I did it when I went through my divorce, which hit me like a freight train, didn't see it coming uh, completely felt, you know, betrayal and fear and overwhelm. And I just thought, you know what, sitting and, and stewing in that at home is one thing, but I know what will help me. And I know that if I take myself out of my comfort zone and I go through the Robbins events again and, and redo them, that's going to give me a new perspective. And interestingly, similar content, obviously he's evolved it over time, but the, the lessons I learned both times were completely and utterly different. And I, you know, you were a big part of that journey for me, just connecting with you. And I know you've been through your own divorce as well. How did you manage with that process? Wow. Well, I think, you know, it's very interesting what you say. I talked I talk to my book, Life Tune-Ups, about that there's four stages that we go through. And the first is discovering who we are. 
And then there's that staying true stage. Then the next one is rediscovering who we are and stay. And then the fourth one is staying connected to who we are. And it's interesting because like you said, you were in your twenties and you were just kind of discovering who you are, were, and then you yeah. went through your divorce, you, you know, you had maybe gotten the rhythm of something. And then, like you said, like it threw you like, whoa, what happened? So you, you were in that third stage when you came back, which was really rediscovering who yeah. you were. Because the truth is a lot of the content is still the same, right? Like you said, like yeah. 40 of it really is, it's just, we hear it with different ears. We see it with different eyes. And, you know, for me, um, a big thing that it was kind of shocking to me that I didn't realize it until after I went through my divorce, but um, I didn't understand the, th the five love languages. I'd never, that was not out there. And I am a, I am number one quality time, like quality time. That's why I love doing events, right? Because I that's why I love doing podcasts because I get to spend quality time with people. Um, so the I'm I'm quality time, and I am words of affirmation are probably the, my top two with regards to the that. Well, my ex when I was on I was on the road so much I was on the road about two hundred and seventy days a year. And wow. I would take my boys with me when they were babies. I would just take them on the road with me. And my ex, I think that he thought he was supporting me because he said, go do, go do what you want to do. Go, 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 go. And without understanding the, you know, the, the five love languages for me, it felt like, oh, you don't want to be with me. Yeah. That's what it, how in my head I was missing, I was interpreting it. Right. So I guess what? I created quality time with people on the road. I created quality time with my kids. I got the words of affirmation from people on the road. And I felt like our lives were running parallel. And I caught myself, you know, I was married for 18 years. I mean, like I said, he was an employee at Robbins. Like, I think the other thing that can happen is you can be in an environment and still not do, be doing the work, right? Like you can just be around proximity wise, but unless you're still doing the work, it, it, it can catch you off guard. Yeah. So I, I was sad. I was lonely. I was like, I felt like my life was running parallel. It was part of probably the hardest thing. So it was a, it was a real soul searching thing for me. Um, I never, ever, ever thought I was going to go through a divorce ever in my life. But we were running parallel and I was, I had three kids under the age of 11, you know, I mean, it was not, it was, we had just gone through the recession here in the United States. We had our million dollar home that short sold for 304. We, you know, I had three kids in private school. I mean, it was tough, but I knew that I knew who I was. I, I remember I'm like, Lauren, you know who you are. You know what you stand for. Um, I, I had an on my knees moment, many you right. Um, you and I did go through one similar experience, um, which is really intense of how it all played out, which I can't wait to kind of share with you how it all played out. But um, but I, I think the biggest thing was my what kept me going through it all was my rituals. So tell us I'm, about those, because I'm fascinated by rituals. because It means that word can mean so many different things. What does it mean yeah. for you? Like for me, it was, you know, I, I, I love what someone said. It's, it's talking to yourself, 
not listening to yourself, you know, is it, was it like, um, you know, like really, really like talking to yourself. So I had to talk to myself, not just listen to myself, because I mean, the listening, if I would have listened to me, it would have been like, this is horrible. This is the worst thing that's happening in your life. You're going to get through this. You're just, you know, you're a loser. You're whatever. What did you do? Like I had so many people saying to me, oh my God, like you messed up. What did you do? You made the biggest mistake of your life. Right. So had I listened versus like talk to myself, I talked to myself. I would, I, <laughs> I would look at myself and every day and, and I still do it. I like to say, okay, let's have a conversation. What is this about? What are you going to do? How are you going to show up? What do you, what is it going to, what does today mean? I wake up every day, even now and have forever. I wake up every day and I say, today is going to be the best day of my life again. And I, I assume that it's going to be great. Even when days when I don't feel like saying it, I say it, today is going to be the best day of my life again. And I do, I fill myself up with premium fuel. I tell my, I, I do, I'm loving, I'm honest, I'm passionate, I'm compassionate, I'm kick-ass, I'm full of faith, I'm God's girl, I'm Tomb Raider tight, I'm a sexy salsa dancer, I'm hilarious, I'm a great coach, right? And I'm an awesome mom. And, and I really fill myself with that premium fuel, like every day. And I had to, and I do it, most I do it especially when I don't want to do it right yeah and my and my kids saw me through that they saw me doing that every day right they saw me writing it they saw my manifestation where they saw that and I really asked myself who do I need to become if I really want to create this extraordinary life who do I need to become in my relationships in my finance in my health and the people I surround myself I looked at the people I was surrounding myself with they were miserable they were not happy people. I'm like, <laughs> right? Like I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. I looked at my finances and said, okay, like, what are we going to do? Let's go to work, right? What are you going to do to really make this happen? I mean, I got, I unfortunately, and you know, had to go to the pawn shop and pawn a bunch of stuff. I mean, that was hard. Yeah. Um, but I also said, I will never go to the pawn shop ever again <laughs> with <laughs> those things. So I think it was getting a real resolve every day. I do a real resolve for myself. Like, how are you really going to show up today? I also, I, I also a big thing from, I invite people to my home, just like you, because I remember going to your home. Yeah. I, I want people to see I'm going through the same stuff that life happens, right? Or going to pick up my daughter. And I was on a call yesterday and like, she was like, got upset that, you know, I made the wrong turn and she had an interview and I'm like, you got it, you know, and I'm on, a, I'm on the zoom with everybody. And it's like, this is life. So, I um, I think I'm really, I, I'm very proud to say that I feel that I'm real. I'm raw. I'm right from the heart. Right. And that's never changed about me, no matter what life stage that I was going through. Um, so I guess that's what, so rituals, I do morning rituals for myself. I do, you know, evening rituals. I've kept a, a 12 year journal and um, it's a 10 year journal, sorry, a 10 year journal. And I've done two, 20 years of it and just write wow. a couple things down at the end of every night. Um, my husband has really helped me. I got remarried as I shared that um, with setting boundaries is like six o'clock, it's off everything. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, no, I like, I got to work. I got to this, I got to that. And, but what's been really great is everybody knows that at this time I'm done. It's family time. I'm 
chilling. I'm doing all of these things. And that's helped me be more productive during the day. Right. I have my, I have my nine, I, I, I normally do 10 to two. Right. And I hunker down from 10 to two. So yeah, that's what I would say. So the rituals for myself. Yeah. And then behind you on the wall, for those people that can see that on YouTube, what, what are those behind you? Because that's part oh, of your ritual. I have 30, 30 years of my manifestation boards, and I call them manifestation boards, not vision boards. Because for me, it's manifestation plus Goya, get off your ass, right? Creates <laughs> manifestation, right? And I mean, you can intend and attend all you want, but until you like really get off your butt and do something, it doesn't matter. So for me, um, you know, like th- this, that's, a, that's about, I think it's about 10 years of boards right there. Wow. And I get to see, and I look at all the nine areas of my life, the people I surround myself, my creativity, my intimate relationships, my identity, my health, what I'm learning, my finances, my family. And I look and I, I, I look for there, like with regards to, I put specific outcomes that I have on there, people. Um, and I look at it every day and just go, okay, how am I doing? And um, but I tell you what happens is I usually do it on my birthday, which is in November. And then um, I'll do it another time of year. But as I, I've noticed, I'm now doing it about four times a year because things are happening so much quicker, right? Like results are happening so much quicker. Um, and I do believe that intention matters. I, I do believe that pictures are powerful. I'm also not one of those girls. I'm not a big, um, whatever, just do it on your computer thing. I think there's, there's a magic cutting it out of, you know, reading the same thing like writing is for people. So, Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing about you that is, you know, I've always seen, but it shines through just even today. You really walk your talk, you embody everything you're talking about, you do. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have interviewed many, many coaches and the people that are really kicking out the park, super successful, are those that walk their talk. It's really important, isn't it? You can say these things, but actually doing it is the key. It's all in the doing, you know what I mean? And I think that, I talked to a guy a while ago, and I think what people are really hungry for is people that they can trust, right? Um, I think that social media has been beautiful in a way, and in a way, it's created a little bit of like, who is this person? Where do they come from? I had an amazing opportunity, obviously, before he passed away, but I've been working on a book that um, about raising boys, and I asked... uh, Bob Proctor to write the forward to it. And I said to Bob, I said, you know, I owe you an apology. And he says, why? What happened, Lauren? I said, well, you know, I used to poo-poo like all of your years of experience and like the experience. And I will tell you that experience does matter. Like it does matter. Like if you want, uh, I think experienced coaches like you, like you've been doing this for a long time now, you've worked with thousands of people. I think if you're looking for someone look for someone who's been doing this for a while, right? Yeah. They have life experience. They have more, you know, they, they've been through the different stages like I've talked about. So not that younger people don't, it's just, but really get people's story, um, you know, so that you can hear all of the resources that they have. Yeah. So. One thing I do want to ask you about, Lauren, because I, I'm, you mentioned it before we went live and uh, I asked you how you met your new husband, having gone through that difficult divorce, 
what happened? How did you get yourself back up and, and how did you meet somebody else? Well, I wasn't planning on meeting anybody <laughs> at all. I was not, that was not my focus at all. Um, a big thing for me is my, my mother would say a half plus a half does not equal a whole. Really focused on getting me back, right? Like what really, what really made me happy? What was I really going to do? And I had become a half, you know, I had just didn't, I wasn't doing my rituals. I wasn't asking those questions. I wasn't, I was, wasn't surrounding myself with those people. So I needed to make sure that I got myself back. Um, and it's funny because so many exercises that people would tell you to do, you know, like what someone's like, or the kind of person that you want to meet. And if I were to do that, it was, it's hilarious. What it really came down to were values for me, the values. Yeah. Of, so when I went through my divorce, I said to my, my kid's dad, I'm like, look, all I need is there's some books. It's called the Zohars. And there it's, um, it's the, basically the old Testament from in Ayurvedic. And so it's for protection. I said, all I need is the Zohars for the house. That's all I need. So I was in Fiji teaching a life mastery program. And I was planning on moving back to San Diego because I was, I didn't have any real support here in Las Vegas. And my kid's dad left and moved to California. And so I'm like, maybe I'll just move back where I know people and I'll have the support system. So I already rented a place and I was in Fiji and my kid's dad called me and he said, he said, so where in, where in, where in San Diego are you moving to? I go, I'm moving to Encinitas. He goes, well, where, what's the name of the street? I go, why do you want to know? And he was starting to date a girl. And he goes, well, we thought that we would move on the same street as you. And I'm like, okay, hang on a second. So I called <laughs> Chloe Adonis. I called Chloe, who you know is the top family therapist in the world. And I called Chloe and I'm like, look, Chloe, if this is what I need to do that's best for my kids, then I'll do it. And she's so cute. She's like, absolutely not. No, San Diego is very big. You don't need to move. You can live somewhere else in San Diego. You stay in Encinitas. So as you know, we do the poles in Fiji, the 60 foot pamper pole. And I'm, I'll do it, but I'm not a big fan of doing it like all the time, right? So just for people who are listening, you don't know what the poles are, just explain what that is. because It's a 60 foot tall telephone pole that we have people climb up because the only two fears that you're born with are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So we want people to face their fears, right? So I go and I'm teaching the course and I teach, you know, like leave your bag. The first six feet is all about leaving your bags behind. And I'm like all into this, like very, cause I just gotten off the call with my kid's dad about moving to San Diego. And there's a participant <clears throat> comes up to me after the group had climbed the pole and he goes, look, I have this um, social anxiety and I really want to climb the pole. Can you just climb it with me after everybody goes up? I'm like, Oh God, no, I hate <laughs> climbing the pole. And I'm like, sure. Right. So I like am all into it. I'm like, leave your baggage behind. And like, blah, 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 blah. And I climb the pole and I jump off. So I'm going from Fiji to Rimini, Italy. And I think the universe took me way too serious. Um, and I lost my luggage, my bags. <laughs> so I'm like, and the whole time I didn't have my luggage. I'm like, no, I didn't mean like leave your baggage behind. Like, I, but I did, right? So I'm there and I'm like coming up with every metaphor. Like, what could this mean? And how, you know, how do I need to take my life to the next level and blah, 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 blah. And as I'm leaving um, Italy, they go, oh, Miss Slocum, we found your luggage. I'm like, of course you did. 
So I'm at baggage claim in Las Vegas. And this guy was on the same flight as me. And he asked me if he could help me with my luggage. And, and you know, I mean, I'm an independent girl. But for some reason, I looked at him and I'm like, that would be great. Oh. And I, he's like, I know this is going to sound really weird. He said, but, you know, what part of town? I go, I'm in Summerlin. And he goes, oh, let's, I'd love, love to meet up sometime. And so I was like, all right, whatever. And we were traveling. Both of us were traveling a lot. And so we didn't, I gave him my number. And we were both traveling so much that we, for probably about a month, all we did was talk on the phone. We didn't see each other. He was here. I was there. This and that, this and that. And then we, I'll never forget, I was at my son's uh, soccer game and we're talking on the phone. I'm like, your name's Z. Like, what does Z mean? Like, that's crazy. Like, nobody's name is just Z. And he goes, well, my name is Zohar. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So the only thing I asked my husband to keep my, was the Zohars, as I told you. And um, so, yeah. But what I loved about him, what I loved about him was his values. And he was, he had gone through a, a not great divorce and no matter what, his daughter lived in Florida and no matter how much he traveled, he still made it a priority to visit his daughter, right? No matter if it's always about family first, right? It was always about integrity, honesty, you know, doing, being your word. Um, and so I, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him but I fell in love with his values. I fell in love with like what he stood for. So that's, yeah, that's how I met him. And, and he's been married for 10 years now. 10 years in December. Yeah. 10 years. So, and I, and I was, look, I was 40, I was 47. You know, I think, I think that I, I, I never think it's too late to, you know, rediscover yourself and just to, you get, you get an opportunity every single day to press the reset button, you know, it is what is I love that quote you're not a tree you can move anytime right you just, <laughs> I haven't heard that one before I love it right so you're not a tree you can move you can you, you don't have to answer that phone call from that person that makes you feel bad you you get to decide every day how you want to reinvent yourself you know so I think that that's what I would really say to everybody I mean not every day's you but once again come up with the rituals for yourself even if it's just Barring mine, like today's going to be the best day of my life again. Do it. How great would it be if everybody woke up in the world and said, today's going to be the best day of my life. That would, nothing would make me happier, right? And then maybe your day would be freaking amazing. It can be that simple. I think people don't understand. It doesn't have to be so hard. So. Yeah. You know, very, very like spot on with that. That's exactly how I feel. You can make it simple. And actually lots of simple things added up together moves you forward really fast actually and I think people don't understand that the power of taking a small step every day you can actually be a huge leap forward in a month that's a lot of progress Life that's is a very lot different. of progress yeah imagine if you just did one new like you said like one new, add add to it add 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 it's kind of like when we say it, life mastery remember we said people it's what you do after the cleanse it's more important than what you do on the cleanse and add slowly back into your life right you might notice that certain things you don't really crave anymore, right? Or you yeah. might notice those people didn't make you feel really great, right? Like, so tonight I've been, everybody's been talking about pickleball, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna just go to the clinic this time. Like, you know, today I'm gonna see if I, this is something that I'm gonna add slowly back in. 
I'm going to visit a friend of mine this weekend. She's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I want to go take a crochet class, right? So that when I'm on wow. the plane, instead of just whatever, I want to see if I can actually stay awake and learn how to crochet, right? So like, I'm just, so try things on and see if it's something that makes you feel great or way to meet new people or something that's going to, I, I believe whenever, I'm not one of those girls to sit and just meditate, but could I meditate while doing crochet or by doing something on? Yes. I think that look for those things that can just fill you up. Yeah, absolutely. So where, Lauren, can people find you if they want to connect with you? What's coming up for you? How can they get involved? Um, so where can you find me? I'm pretty much on the social medias. I'm on Instagram. I'm not so good with it, but it's, I am Lauren Lahav. I'm on Facebook, Lauren Lahav. You can go to my website, Lauren Lahav. And as you know, you're going to come be a part of it with us next year. We did just did a big event that we did virtually and live at the Worry Studios. It's called Own Your Worth. It was so awesome. In Las um, Vegas. In Las Vegas. So we're going to be doing that again in March, March of 2024. So we've already sold out the VIP tickets. It only, it only holds 200 people live. So it's a very limited amount, but we can have we translate in six languages. You know, we can have people from around the world and it's only $97 to come virtually. So which is um, like, you have a huge screen. I mean, it's out of this world technical sort of set up production I mean you're the one I just saw you do is insane so I can't wait to be involved next year and I know that everyone listening is going to want to join in because you changed lives in those two days it's it was it, it was really amazing because it was more on you know owning your worth in your mindset your money and your mission and uh you know we've had we had a holocaust survivor speak uh, we she's 94 mm -hmm. she's in Auschwitz um, we, you know, had women that a lot of people, everyday heroes as well, I think it's really important. Um, and I think that it was, yeah, it was really, we had Dr. Shafali, we had Kathy Buckley, but we had oh, most Kathy Buckley. She's the best. We just raised money for Kathy's, you know, non-for-profit. Um, we were able to make donations to over 10 different non-for-profits. And so that felt really good. That was a big thing and can't wait to give those checks to people. Um, and we make contributions, just, you know, clothing for dress for success is project of, um, a non-for-profit called project Maryland and another one called angels of Las Vegas that work with cancer patients. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about community for me and, um, you know, really surrounding myself with amazing people that really want to make the world a, a better place, but you got to start with you. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier. My, my friend, Mike Hutchinson would say, you, you can't, you shouldn't go clean up the community till you clean up your own backyard. And there's a lot yeah. of people yeah. that are out there like, oh, let me take care of. There's a lot of people, especially, and I'll just say in the coaching world, it's a big yeah. problem. A lot of people go, let me take care of you. Let me coach you. Let me coach you. And then you go look and their, their, their backyard's a mess, right? Like I had a girl clean out my closets once and she gave away all these things and I remember going to New York I'm like well let me see your closet and she's like oh no and I'm <laughs> like oh hell no right like uh-uh yeah. so make sure you know like I love what you're doing because you're helping people get through the emotions and everything of where they're at so that when they they do decide to you know get in another relationship that they feel like they're whole you know yeah. and so you've you've done the work yeah, we've both done the work on that one. Yes, yes we have. Yes, <laughs> well, we have. 
I have one last question for you, Lauren, that I ask all my guests. So as you know, my podcast is called A Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you. So even if you are in the depths of going through a tough breakup, you can tap into it along the way. So what is happiness for you, Lauren? Gosh, what is happiness to me? I, I think it goes back to just gratitude, you know, just grateful to be alive and I'm looking at my dog right now. She makes me so happy. You know what I mean? She makes me realize like. She's super cute. If you watch this on YouTube, you'll see her dog has been circling her and nuzzling up to her the whole episode. Happiness for me is just, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you know this, but my cousin is the happiest man in America. And he has been for literally, um, his name's Alvin Wong. And he has been for, I think like 15 years, he's literally been considered the happiest America, the happiest man in America. And wow. um, I know it's funny, right? But I think for me, happiness is, is really just comes down to gratitude. It really does come gra- grateful for my feet, my hands, my eyes, my, the little things. Um, and just having that appreciation for all of the little things. So, yeah, I love that answer. I, I love everything you've said as always, such wise words and really helpful and the one thing I absolutely love about you is you're so real, you're so down to earth and you just shine inside and out. So thank you so much for joining me today, Lauren, and for being Thanks. such a fabulous guest. Thanks, Sarah. Looking forward to it. That's it for today's episode. Be sure to hop over to Instagram and follow Lauren on I am Lauren the Half to find out more about what she's up to. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.